This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Hi, today on the podcast, I'm speaking to Laura Gillett. Laura is the founder of Stompers, a children's shoe brand specializing in wide-fitting shoes in fun, affordable styles. At the time of recording this podcast, in the summer of 2022, Laura's shoes weren't actually available to sell. They hadn't launched yet. So we have a really great conversation about what it takes to come up with an idea and then implement an idea for a product. So we're talking entirely about the early stages here of starting up a business. And I really think that, particularly if you're in the early stages, but even if you're not, you're going to find this incredibly interesting, um, eye-opening and inspiring. So I would love now now to introduce you to Laura. So hi Laura, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Oh you're so welcome. Can we please start with you giving us an introduction to your business and what you sell please? Sure, so my name's Laura and um, I'm the founder of Stompers which is a children's shoe brand that specialises in wide fitting shoes in fun affordable styles for uh, toddlers and preschoolers. Amazing, thank you. And what inspired you to start doing that? Because I think, to me, starting up a brand selling shoes just seems like a huge, huge undertaking. So what was the, first of all, what was your sort of reason for wanting to do that? And then we'll talk through how you did it. Well, my son, Ollie, was measured as a H-width shoe. Um, Very early on, he was about one, he was just walking. And I discovered that it was extremely difficult to find anything in his size. all the sort of lovely canvas trainer type shoes were just in far too narrow um the only style that I could find were leather they were heavy and they were really expensive they're about 50 pounds so there was just very little choice um and he was just always really obsessed with anything red he always loved the color red so he would always gravitate towards the red shoes try and pick them up and I'd have to tell him no and then one day he just he was just crying and I said right okay fine I'll just make you some mummy will make you some red shoes and so then I thought well I have to now I've got to choose three my promise <laughs> so that's how it started <laughs> that's amazing and um so from the case after you told Ollie you were going to make his red shoes what did you do next how did you get started I literally googled how do you make some shoes because I had no experience in this industry whatsoever um so I did a lot of research um about sort of all different types of manufacturing processes overseas in the UK 
um, who could do what. It was very, very easy to find somebody to make shoes in standard whips, but it was a lot harder to find somebody that could actually accommodate the wider whips that I wanted to do. Um, so once I had my sort of initial design prepared, I reached out to a couple of more specialist agencies um, and got them to sort of go away and, and have a word with some factories, see what they could do. And I actually came up with one agency who could do exactly what we wanted um, and to a really high quality and to a really high specification, which was what one of our sort of key points that we wanted to hit. That's amazing. And did you know right from the start that you were looking to start a business and perhaps we talk about a bit about your range a bit later, but we, you know, you'd have a range of shoes and, you know, you were going to turn it into a business or was it, I just want to get this one pair of red shoes made? Where were you right at the outset? I think we were just, because we'd had no experience in this industry at all, we were just kind of like, let's just get to the next stage and see how it happens. Yeah. Initially, it did start with just the red ones. Um, and then when we got a bit more momentum and somebody said, yes, we can do this and, and for this specification, and we got a bit excited and we like, oh, we can do all these other things. And, we, and then we rode it back in and said, well, let's know, let's keep it a little bit simpler to start with. It's hard, isn't it, at the outset, because you don't know whether something's even possible um you let alone how you do it sometimes you just don't even know like you say I wouldn't know if I, I would have to go do a lot of research you know you know can you get you know a certain type of shoe made for example you just you just don't know what you don't know so I think it was a, a good approach to sort of take it one step at a time um and it also I think it can be really intimidating as well I guess if you had thought right we're going to create this range of children's shoes and start a business that's like quite big and scary whereas if it's just let's find out if someone can make them and let's find out how you design them I think breaking it down like that makes it a bit more manageable as well. Yeah, it's definitely felt like that. And I think the whole process has taken a long time for various world reasons. The pandemic has not helped. We've also had a baby ourselves during this time. So there's been a lot of things that kind of have taken a little bit longer. So we've really had time to kind of sit and consider every stage, which has been nice as well. Yeah, I think it's good as well that that was no rush because the product that you're looking at is something that you know there's always going to be a need for so I guess it wasn't something you had to rush out in three months or six months or whatever I mean it's nice that you've been able to do it around your family and am I right in thinking that you work alongside this as well yes I do have a full-time job as well yeah so yes yeah, so you've got a lot on your plate with a new baby and a full-time job so I think it's good that you've been able to make <laughs> this fit around that so where did you, um, so you spoke a bit about finding someone to make the shoes, but how about actually designing the shoes? Do you have a design background or did you have to find someone to help with that side of it? I don't have a design background, but I did have, from a sort of a parent point of view, there were some design features that I knew I wanted to have, just from a practical point of view. So I knew I wanted to have two Velcro straps to give a lot of flexibility in the fit so that because wide feet aren't necessarily just wide at the base and I've got high instep so I wanted to make sure that they were really adjustable um I wanted a reinforced toe cap because kids just scrape their feet all the time so I wanted to make sure that was nice and tough um and the sole I've made I've made the sole of the shoe just straight lines so that it's nice and easy to clean because kids 
step and stuff all the time and it's horrible having to try and scrub out of a complicated pattern so I've made it so you can literally just scrub it with a nail brush and it's all nice and easy um so there were certain design elements that I wanted but no without having a design background I couldn't actually translate that into something so I hopped onto Fiverr and I got a freelance shoe designer luckily he was fantastic and I just sent him this really rough sketch of like can you make this into something a bit more professional and he did and he was brilliant so I definitely had to have some help with that <laughs> that's really good though it's great that you were able to find someone um because yeah we can't always do like all of this ourselves um so as well as finding the manufacturer and the designer because I guess those two go hand in hand really um what happened then so after that there was a lot of back and forth with the supply chain on different samples different materials um making sure that we got the sizing correct and things like that um and once we'd signed off on the sort of the the materials that they were going to use basically we had to get the tooling made to actually make the outsoles which were wider than the standard ones so um we got those made and then we had to test those to make sure that the sizing did actually work um and then once we'd done that we were able to look at progressing into the final manufacture at which point we were able to then start thinking about well, what are they going to come in what's the box going to look at and like and, and things like that there's so much, isn't there? As you were talking, I was thinking, wow, there's, I bet that process that you've explained really succinctly probably took a really long time, did it? You know, the back and forth with yeah. looking at the shoes and checking they were as you wanted them and the sizing was right. There's a, there's a lot of pieces involved, aren't there? That that whole process took 12, 14 months, something like that, a long time, yeah. But I think it sounds like, like I think all the time you spend doing that is really worth it because I can tell by it like all these little details you've given how much thought and care you've put into the shoes so I yeah think we, that's time it, the whole spent. thing's just been so exciting <laughs> we've loved it like other people might relax in the evening I'm there looking at fabric samples and I get really excited or like cardboard box samples I think it's it's been a really nice it, it, I call it my expensive hobby <laughs> <laughs> well yeah for now maybe but I think you know this, it is a business now isn't it it will be yes the um the final manufacturer is landing tomorrow so we'll be we'll be ready to go wow so i should i should point out actually that we're recording this in july so when when you're listening to this episode it, it'll be september or later um yeah you will be able to go and order the shoes yeah absolutely which is amazing and tell us what um so what does your range look like at, as of now because i know by september it might be different but what styles um of shoes are you launching with so we are launching with a very basic canvas style train shoe, just like you can get in any other shoe shop, just wider. Um, we've gone with grey and red initially. Um, I was quite keen to do away with the whole blue section and girl section because I think that kids should just be allowed to wear what they're happy in and what they like. Um, so we went for two very sort of neutral unisex colours that hopefully all kids will be happy with um, and most importantly they'll, they'll feel comfortable in and do you offer a range of sizes at the moment yeah so we've started with six seven eight and nine um that 
from my research seems to be about average between the ages of one and four. I would like to expand that to include five on the lower end and 10 and 11 on the upper end. Um, before that, kids seem to, they're not walking as much and they shouldn't really be wearing hard soled shoes until they're sort of established in walking. So I don't think we need to go any lower. Um, and then above that, kids feet do start to sort of narrow out a little bit naturally anyway so I think that they're they're key sizes but we're going to start with the four initially we built this all up ourselves so we couldn't we didn't have the capital to start with everything straight away we're going to have to build it up bit by bit and add some more sizes and hopefully some more colours and patterns later. I think that's a really smart way to do it though because it's a nice way of sort of testing it out and we'll talk a bit about, more about testing in a minute because I know you've done lots of testing but it's a good way of testing it out without sort of going when I say going all out you know as you say you might you might find that there's no demand for the bigger sizes or the smaller sizes um, and I think it makes sense to go with what you know from your research are the sizes that people are buying and then you know I think customers will tell you down the line if they if they think they need different sizes or if there's a demand for different colors I think as you you know you get going that's the sort of feedback that you'll get and then that will help you as well yeah absolutely I think um it's going to be really interesting one of the things that I've included in the box is a little outline drawing of a shoe for kids to color it in and I guess on social media because I thought would it be really interesting if I'm getting 50 kids that are all coloring in a green shoe but maybe that's what they want (laughs) That's really clever. And that's also really nice as well. So, so the idea is that they'll colour in the shoe and then the parent will upload it and tag you in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got really a size nice. thing on one side so they can record when they were last measured because that's something I can never remember with my own children when I last measured their feet and what size they were. So it's got a chart on one side to do that and then on the other side they can colour in their own shoe and I can get a bit of market research at the same time. Yeah, and a bit of publicity as well, let's face it, because if they're going to upload these pictures and tag you that's really nice as well because that's all content you can use yeah 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 so it's really interesting to see what happens well if it's really exciting I feel like this is all really well thought out Laura I'm really impressed I feel like you've like thought of every little detail um oh, thank you. <laughs> it's really good so when when you had um so let's go back to the manufacturing and when you had the shoes the, the samples um what kind of testing were you doing? So, because I know you mentioned it to me when we spoke previously, you did a bit of testing of them. Um, so how did you do that and who were you doing that with? I did it with, um, <clears throat> my son has actually been across two of the sizes in the time that we've been doing this. So he's been wearing them for almost a year now. He's been wearing our shoes and there is no better tester than him like he's a little bit of a wild child if they can withstand him then (laughs) they can withstand most kids (laughs) um I've done runs through the washing machine uh to make sure because that was another big thing for me as a parent I was like they need to be able to be washed and dried and ready to go in in 24 hours again for the next adventure so we've been doing sort of just lots of everyday use obviously sizing was a big a big thing we wanted to make sure and actually when I put them on his feet it's the first time that I'd ever be able to just slide the shoe onto his foot and not have to like wedge it in which was really nice um and then obviously the because what I was having to do before was buy shoes that were a half size or or sometimes a full size too long for him just 
so they would fit round his feet. So he's just constantly tripping over his own feet because they're like round shoes. So it's really nice to see him actually just walking confidently without sort of tripping over or having to adjust his walk. Um, and then for the other two sizes, I found a couple of children locally who had the same problem. So I just gave them a pair and I said, I went and I fitted them and we were happy with how they fitted. And I said, just go away and use them as you would any other pair of shoes. Don't be precious about it. Run, jump, scooter, whatever you want to do. And let me know how they get on. And they've, um, they had some really good feedback and they all said the same. They washed them and they said they stood up to the, the test of time really well. So we were happy. Oh, that's really good. And Ollie's obviously got his red shoes, which he must be excited about. Oh, mm. he out the box and he's like, Matthew, they're red. <laughs> I cried. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I would have swear. I think it's I think it's great that you did all of that testing. Because I think that's something that um people can be I have seen people be a little bit precious with their samples in terms of like not wanting to maybe use them in the way they're designed because they don't want them to get them dirty or um yeah. You know what I mean, and I, I can I can sort of see that, especially if you're thinking, well, maybe I'll use these to take my photos or whatever. But I do think the approach you've taken and just use them as you would use them and see how they go is the best way because obviously it hasn't happened. But um, you know, had they fallen apart in the washing machine, for example, that would have been the sort of thing you need to know before you're you're selling them and customers are returning them for that reason. Exactly, exactly. And actually, the first, the very first samples that we had. Um, the material on the toe cap actually started peeling a little bit. So we were able to go back to the manufacturer and say, can you upgrade this so that this doesn't happen again? So it was really important that they didn't just sit on a shelf or sit in a box that they were out and about. Otherwise, we would never have known that that was a, a thing that was going to happen that we needed to rectify. Yeah, and it's, as I say, it's much better to know this now than to get this feedback from someone who's bought a pair and is disappointed yeah. because something isn't working and it sounds like your manufacturer has been really open to like having that relationship as well and changing things and testing so that's really they have, good yeah they are absolutely fantastic they're actually a company that specialized in um kickstarter brands so they work with all sorts of different products and companies um in taking something from concept right away to manufacture so they're really really good at um, making all those little tweaks and making all those little suggestions and they've been really open to um, listening to my ideas but also throwing in a couple of their own they've got experts that they reach out to and they're very good at coming back to me and saying well you've said this but actually they've suggested that um, and we've um, and what we've come up with has been a really really good product that I couldn't have done it without their support really that's amazing and they are do you mind me asking are they UK based no they're based over in China oh wow I've I'm really I'm I'm actually really impressed at that service um you know the service side of it and how much they're willing to work with you um and did you just find them via a google search or did that come another way now I found them, found them on a Google search. Um, they're based in China, but they're very international. They've got employees from all over the world. Um, and then they obviously have a, a large Chinese employee base as well. So, because one of the things that I found when I was trying to speak to the factories directly was there's a time difference, there's a language barrier, there's obviously a culture difference that I didn't necessarily understand. Um, 
so to find somebody who could kind of really bridge that barrier for me has been absolutely invaluable because they've got really really strong relationships with the factory they're able to make sure that um what they're asking for is is, is understood whereas I couldn't necessarily do that so they've been amazing oh okay so this company is like a fair party between you and the factory yeah that's right yeah oh okay that yeah that makes sense and that's amazing and you're so right it's it's really hard to have these kind of relationships a long time ago I found a factory that I worked with and I had an idea for a new product and it wasn't a brand new product it was just something original to my ideas and um, I remember I found a manufacturer and it was the Chinese the factory directly that I got in touch with and I found one who was willing to work with me and make samples and send me pictures and um yeah when that happens that's like such a good relationship that you really need to hold on to it because as you said you also experience you know really slow responses and perhaps miscommunications people not kind of understanding your needs or you're not understanding them so I think it's amazing that you've managed to find um, a really good manufacturer that's yeah it's definitely one to hold on to yeah they've been amazing I've always said that I'm not particularly good at one particular thing what I'm good at is finding people that are good at stuff and they've been worth their weight in gold. <laughs> that's really good. It's, I think that's really interesting that you said that. That's good to know that that's a skill. So is that kind of part of your strategy of taking the business forward, that you'll find people that are experts in different areas to help? Yes, absolutely. I think that's a really smart approach because I think none of us can be good at everything, but sometimes outsourcing or paying someone to help can be a bit scary. Um, so I think it's really good that you've recognised that now because I think it's too easy to hold on to things for a long time just because you kind of want to keep it all. But sort of recognising that other people might be better at certain things, I think is actually a really real strength. And I think in the long run, it definitely saves money because if you're trying something that's not working and you're spending a lot of your, your own time and money doing it, I think it's, you're going to get a much quicker result if you go to somebody who does know what they're doing and what I found is that there's a lot of people out there who know about things but they also want to work with you and they want to teach you um so I've picked up a lot of information just from talking to people like dogfin and things like that and it's been it's been really lovely I've met one of my favorite things about the whole process is the people that I've met and the conversations that I've had during it there's been really creative and wonderful people out there they're always willing to give you a hand if you ask for it yeah you're right and that you know that's always been my experience as well that if you kind of feel open to like making relationships with people it's like yeah the, the people just come really don't they yeah and I think it's great to have a network because I guess you also needed to outsource I'm, I'm assuming you can tell me if I'm wrong on any of this but the sort of the box design and the website and things like that those I actually did myself oh did you um, yeah the website Shopify is like a web it's just an amateur dream isn't it yeah. it's not particularly complicated to do so I spent some fun evenings but again this is because I don't have any kind of time scales or deadlines I was able to just take my time and play around with it so the nice evening is just that with a glass of wine playing around with that um and then the box design I think it's only a logo on a on a background so that wasn't too difficult I was able to just send over the logo <laughs> um, but some of the other designs so inside the shoes I've got footprints one for the left and one for the right so that kids can sort of look and work out which feet 
goes in which shoe based on the, the toes um, and then the logo itself um, that was all done by a really lovely graphic designer that I met through my hairdresser <laughs> and <laughs> she did the logo design for my hairdresser so I, I pinched hair and she's done some lovely artwork for me through that. That's really good and it's nice that you've been able to sort of do the bits that you're that you feel comfortable to do and you want to and then outsource the others well I'm with you on spot and um, not Spotify Shopify I'm a huge fan of Shopify as well and actually when I first started selling my own products years ago now I built my own Shopify website that that did feel like doable um, yeah and yeah and I think because you can't as much as like I've always been a, well I say always now I'm definitely a fan of outsourcing things that I'm not an expert in back then maybe not so much um but I think even then I kind of realized okay I can this is something I can actually do um and I know money right in the beginning money can be tight as well I think in the beginning the only things I outsourced were the design aspects so design of my products and design of the logo and things like that because I was just like that's just beyond me but so yeah putting together a Shopify website felt doable yeah I think yeah you're absolutely right and and because it's only a couple of products I've got if we expand then I will definitely have to go to an expert because it's all of the backlinks and meta tags and linking to social media shops and things like that that's where I start getting a bit overwhelmed with with all the technical details um but yeah outsourcing is definitely and it's things like insurance as well I was trying to get insurance and I just got completely lost in what I needed so I found a local broker I've tried to go with other local businesses as, as much as possible um and they were fantastic they just they did everything they came back to me with all the information they listened to all my stupid questions and never judged me for asking them so they've been really good too I think that's really good because you're right it can be really intimidating sometimes to ask the stupid questions and when you talk about insurance I remember looking for my own insurance online and spending quite a long time trawling websites and reading small print and trying to work out okay is this what I want or is this what I want and um, it kind of feels productive because you're doing something but actually in the end it can sort of just be easier to pick up the phone or walk in and see somebody and just get your questions answered um I think it can be a bit of a false economy, can't it? You think you're, you know, you think you're saving time and money, but you're po- possibly doing the opposite because, especially when you don't have lots of time, how you spend your time is really important. Absolutely, I, I always think ask an expert. So we're recording this in July, and you said your products are arriving tomorrow. Is that right? Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. What happens tomorrow? <laughs> what What's planned? Is there, do you have any? Anything planned for a launch or? Well, they've still got to clean customs. So course, I'm still yeah. my, I'm hoping that at the beginning of August is when we can really do our big yeah. launch day. Um, but until I've got that email that says they're through customs, I'm not going to celebrate too hard. I'm really trying not to. Because the shipping delays at the moment are incredible. So we're already too behind schedule. I'm really hoping we're not going to go anymore. Um, but I'm hoping that they are going to be here by the end of July. We're obviously going to have lots of family selfies with a thousand shoeboxes in our spare room, if they fit. <laughs> That's a big if. Um, and then, yeah, we're going to really start ramping up um, some of the advertising, some of the PR, really starting talking about it. Because what I've tried to 
not do I, I've tried to create a bit of interest but also I don't want people to hear about things too soon and then get bored if there is a bit of a delay it's kind of trying to time it right with sort of raising brand awareness but not too soon I know what you mean it's and it's hard as well because I guess it's also a product where you can't necessarily take pre-orders because kids grow and yeah. you don't want someone ordering a size of shoes now and then in six weeks when they're ready they say well actually now my child's feet have gone up a size or half a size or whatever that is tricky I yeah I'm with you I think it's um definitely good to be talking about it and obviously you've got your social media set up and things like that but I think you're right to do the big push once people can actually go and buy yeah I think that's fair and yeah, you're kids just grow too quickly <laughs> they really they really do um yeah I mean it's nearly the end of the school year now and I can see one of my children's shoes are getting a bit tight and I just think no we have to wait till September exactly. now. <laughs> to hold on because yeah they will grow in that time and um are you is your plan to sell on your own website straight away or do you have anything else that you're considering but I say considering because I know that this is all a process and you can't do everything straight away but is there anything else you're thinking about doing beyond your website um starting definitely going to start with website and social media um one of the things that I'm interested in looking at going forward is um children's shows like the baby and toddler show or maybe even the ideal home show people I think with shoes sometimes people do like to try them on especially if you've had issues with fitting and it's it makes you a bit nervous to try something new and something unknown and so I think having that physical presence in places is going to be really helpful for parents to just to try and see and so trade shows is definitely one I also with a couple of pop-up opportunities local to me that I'd like to explore as well but I think I'd like to see how the summer goes on the website first start building up some views start getting some proper sort of feedback from customers and then see where we go from there yeah that definitely makes sense I think doing things slowly is really sensible because well one because of as we've said you only have so much time but also I think doing everything in stages and doing it well is definitely I think a better approach than trying to just do it all, be everywhere from day one. Um, Because I think that's exhausting. And then also it's really hard to work out, well, what is it that's working? If you're doing it, you know, if you're spreading yourself quite fit and it's hard to say, okay, well, that's working really well. Yeah, exactly. And we have to be realistic with our time as well. I mean, my husband and I, we both work full time. We do have three children and we're doing this as well. So we can't do everything all at once we would just burn out and that's not healthy for the business or the family or our employers so um we have got to kind of be realistic with with how we can see things going in the future oh it's exciting and as i say when people are listening to this now the shoes will be available um to buy so we'll make sure we link to your website and your social media in the show notes for the episode um because hopefully they'll have been on sale for at least a, a month by then so that's really yeah. exciting um I've got one final question before we finish which is when I ask everybody which is yeah. what would your number one piece of advice be for any other product creators listening so I thought really hard about this question actually and I kept changing my mind but I think my number one piece of advice would be to spend your time before you spend your money on really 
doing your research into your market, market for your customer, um, making sure that there is definitely an opportunity out there. I obviously knew the product well because I was the target market. I was the parent who couldn't find the shoes and I knew exactly what a parent needed, but I had to still do a lot of research into what was available, how many other parents out there were having that problem before I decided to commit any of my own money to the project. Um, because the last thing that you want to do is get very excited that you found this niche or you found this gap, chuck loads of money and then realise that actually there isn't anything out there or there is something out there that you've missed. So I definitely think that spending your time before your money is a really, really important point to consider. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Um, you probably heard I talk about this all the time. I'm completely in agreement. And you're right as well that even if you are your own perfect customer, it's really good to do the research just to check that this issue isn't unique to you. And that, as you say, there's there's enough other people with the same issue. Because I think yeah. in a way, when when you're creating something that meets a need that you have, it's, it can be too easy to be, go down a single track of, well, this is what would suit me. And um you see what I mean? And and of course yeah. I disregard the the rest of it. I think that's something I see. So I think it's amazing that you've still spent so much time doing the research. And I really think it pays off. I know that often people are really keen to just get to the fun part. Um, because the research does space it can feel a bit dull. I like it, but I don't know if one does, but um I think that it's <laughs> well worth spending that groundwork because as as people can hear when you've just spoken to us, your shoes, you thought of like so many little details and you possibly wouldn't have done if you hadn't spent all of that time at the front end or working out what people actually need. So I yeah. think you will have had a, a better product for it. I think so, yeah. It's definitely worth taking into consideration what other people have said as well as your own and then, and then just combining that together to get something that hopefully should suit everybody. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And for all of your time this morning, Laura, because I know you're busy, so I do appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been, it's been lovely. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening right to the end of this episode. Do remember that you can get the full back catalogue and lots of free resources on my website, vickyweinberg.com. Please do remember to rate and review this episode if you've enjoyed it and also share it with a friend who you think might find it useful. Thank you again and see you next week. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.